Independent Business Podcast is brought to you by HoneyBook, the all-in-one platform for anyone with clients. Book clients, manage projects, and get paid faster all with HoneyBook. You can use the code podcast to get 20% off your brand new account and let business flow your way. Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Independent Business Podcast. We've got something truly special lined up for you today. We've teamed up with our friends from the podcasting world for a unique collaboration that we're calling, drumroll, Collabcast. In this innovative bonus series, we're diving into the world of podcast crossovers. You know how crossovers are a hit in the world of entertainment? Well, we thought, why not bring that same energy to the podcasting realm? We've joined forces with an incredibly talented podcaster, friend, HoneyBook educator, and former guest of the show, Ellen Yin. On her chart-topping podcast, Cubicle to CEO, Ellen recently sat down with Amy Porterfield to talk about her $7.5 million launch and the strategies that got her there. Get ready to soak in a wealth of knowledge and go behind the curtain of one of the most successful marketers in the industry. Oh, and if you love this episode, be sure to check out Cubicle to CEO and hit that follow button. This week, we are coming together to amplify the power of podcasting. Welcome to our very first independent business collabcast. I'm turning it over to my friend, Ellen Yin. Hey everyone, this is your host, Natalie Frank, and you're listening to the Independent Business Podcast. More people than ever are working for themselves and building profitable businesses in the process. So on this show, I sit down with some of the most influential authors, entrepreneurs, and creators to break down the science of self-made success so that you can achieve it too. You're listening to Cubicle to CEO, episode 182. Full heads up, you're about to be hit with the mother load of all case studies. Amy Porterfield is giving us a Cubicle to CEO exclusive today on her most recent $7.5 million launch of her signature program, Digital Course Academy. She's getting radically transparent and sharing financial insights she's never disclosed anywhere else, including her own chart-topping podcast. I promise I'm not just hyping this up because Amy is a legend in the online marketing world, but this is truly the most data-driven and, dare I say best, case study we've ever had on the show. Our podcast is all about asking successful entrepreneurs the business questions you can't Google. And my friend Amy understood the assignment. Her tell-all today includes her detailed step-by-step pre-launch strategy, including exact timelines, number of leads, and conversion rates at every stage of the pre-launch, plus my favorite mic drop moment, a next-level strategy I had never even heard of that will change the game for your live show-up rates. If this episode rocks your world as much as it did mine, please send Amy your gratitude for her generosity by ordering her new book, Two Weeks Notice. We'll drop the link for you below in the show notes. Welcome to Cubicle to CEO, the podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Yin. I quit my job without a backup plan and bootstrapped my first $300 freelance project into $2 million in revenue by age 28. On this show, you'll hear weekly case study interviews with leading entrepreneurs and CEOs who share one specific strategy that successfully grew their business revenue. Skip the expensive and time-consuming learning curve of testing everything yourself by borrowing what actually works from the best and brightest mentors. 
You'll also get a front row seat to my founder's journey through transparent income reports and behind the business solo episodes. Subscribe now so we can grow together every Monday. All right, friends, our next guest obviously needs no introduction. In fact, when I posted a poll saying I was interviewing the Amy Porterfield, my community lit up, Amy. They were all over this interview. And they actually, they were the ones who voted for this case study. They were really intrigued by your most recent launch and specifically the pre-launch strategy we're going to cover today. So welcome, Amy. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, thank you so much. I really love all that you do. You have such a cool podcast and such a great concept around these case studies. So I was delighted to be invited. And, you know, that's one thing that I so appreciate about you. We obviously met originally through a mutual friend, Julie Solomon, when you came and spoke at her mastermind in Nashville. And I was just so impressed with, you know, despite all of your many years in this industry and, and your undoubtable success, you still have so much curiosity and just this humility that I think we all can really appreciate in an excellent leader. So I just wanted to commend you for that first and foremost. Thank you so much. I definitely want to make sure I show the good, bad, and ugly of everything we do because it's not always fantastic. No matter what the numbers look like, no matter what the likes or the followers, this is hard stuff at being an entrepreneur. And I really like to pull back the curtain and, and share all of that. Yes. And I feel so honored that today, all of you listening, get a real insight. I mean, I'm talking granular data that I don't think any other guest has gone through and done as much research in preparation for this interview as Amy and her team have. So I'm so excited for you to hear the numbers. But before we get into today's case study, of course, we have to start out our interview by asking you your cubicle to CEO story. And especially because you have a book coming out two weeks notice, so it's right on theme. Tell us about when you put in your two weeks notice, what was the catalyst for jumping into full-time entrepreneurship, Amy? So my very last nine to five job was with peak performance coach, Tony Robbins. And I was the director of content development. I got to travel the world, work on the content that Tony does on stage, like unleash the power within and date with destiny. And I had a really great job. I got paid well. I got to travel. I got to work with Tony. I mean, it was amazing. The one thing that was missing, the one thing that I wanted more than anything was freedom. I wanted to call the shots. I wanted to be the person that got to decide when I work, where I work, how I work. I wanted to bust through the glass ceiling. I wanted to design my day exactly how I wanted it. And I really wanted to learn how to be my own boss. And so about six and a half years in, I decided I'm going to figure this out. It took about a year from the day I decided I want to be my own boss to actually going out, pulling out of the San Diego headquarters and doing my own thing. It was a good year. In my book, Two Weeks notice I talk about how to build that runway so that when you leave, you can actually have success on the other side. But it was a huge turning point for me. So it's been 14 years since I left the cubicle. And uh, since then, I built a multi-million dollar business and I get to teach other people now how to leave their nine to five job and how to get started with their own business. I love that your book, Two Weeks Notice, is really helping people prepare for that transition because that is such a leap that, you know, there's all all sorts of different ways that people enter entrepreneurship. And that's why I love starting off every conversation with that question because some people like myself, were very impulsive. We quit our job with nothing, it, nothing <laughs> in the works. We had no idea what we wanted to do. And then there are people like you who were obviously very methodical and um, well-prepared for that transition. But I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with in leaving their job is understanding what does that in between period look like. 
I, I won't obviously get too much into that because you all need to read the book if you want the details. So we'll make sure to link it in the show notes, scroll below, pre-order that book, make sure you have it on your list. Actually, by the time this launches, the book will, will be out. Yeah. Yes. So no need to pre-order. You can just head on okay. over to the link and, and get it shipped to your house straight away. And I've got bonuses. So when anybody buys Ooh. my book, go to okay. twoweeksnoticebook.com. So twoweeksnoticebook.com. Buy my book, put in your order number, and I'm going to send you bonuses beyond what the book teaches. So anyone that wants to build a business or is building a business, you want these bonuses. So that's where you go. Okay. Amazing. We'll make sure to link that right for you in the show notes. So if you're on your phone, just literally scroll down and click that to order. And I just have to ask though, because one thing I think holds a lot of employees back from making that that big leap of turning in their two weeks notice, or in your case, one year notice, is that <laughs> is, is that fear of what their boss might think, how they might react, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious for you, was that was that something on your radar? Were you worried about how Tony might react to you? Absolutely. I was so worried about what my coworkers would think. Like, who is she to be doing this? She doesn't know enough to go out on her own. And I was very nervous what Tony would think as well. Like, would is he going to be mad at me for leaving? Or is he going to think that I'm crazy for leaving this amazing job to do my own thing? And here's what's really cool. When I left, I started making a bunch of videos to post on YouTube, but I didn't post anything. And my husband came in one day and he's like, I keep seeing you make all these videos, but you are not posting them anywhere. Like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm so afraid what Tony Robbins is going to think or what my Mm -hmm. old coworkers are going to think. I'm too nervous to post this stuff. And he said, babe, I love you, but Tony Robbins is not watching your videos. He's building an (laughs) empire. He's doing his own thing. I don't think he has an opinion. And then he went on to say, and if people aren't paying the bills, they don't get an opinion about what you're doing. Like this is your thing. So I had to remember everyone's opinion. If they even had one, it shouldn't even matter. But yes, Mm. I was very worried what everyone else was going to think. And it almost stopped me in my tracks. But my desire for freedom was just a little bit bigger than all of those worries, which kind of kept me moving forward. I love that sage wisdom. Yes, go go, hubby for sharing that. I think that's so wise to really be discerning about whose words and opinions you let enter yes. your your headspace. So yes. oh, such such good wisdom there. I I want to transition us real quick into the case study because honestly, Amy, there's so much I want to ask you. I just want to make the most <laughs> of our time together. But okay. again, if, you, if you're if you curious more about Amy's backstory and her work and, and how you can also build your own business, again, make sure you order two weeks notice and check out all those bonuses at the link in the show notes. Okay, Amy, your case study. This is your $7 million plus launch. In fact, if I pull it up here, your team was Again, so impressed. 7.487 if you want three decimal points. 7.5. I kind of like a good round up. Yes, $7.5 million launch. You had 77,167 pre-launch leads. And that's the the window that we're going to really be zooming in on today. 4,500 bootcamp purchasers. It was a paid bootcamp and 37,372 webinar registrants. Wow. Those numbers just, you know, on the surface, they can seem almost unreachable, right? For some people to even fathom what that, what that volume and playing at that scale looks like. But let's just take a step back first to set the scene, to set some context. What was the end offer that you were driving towards with this pre-launch? What were you wanting to sell? What was the price point on that? And was this the first time you ever tried a pre-launch strategy such as this? 
Okay. Great questions. And before I answer them, I have to say one thing, cause I, yeah. all, I have a lot of beginner students in my world, like starting yeah. from scratch or still in nine to five jobs. I am 14 years in, I have launched hundreds of times. I have a team of 20 full-time employees. These numbers did not happen overnight. My first launch, I made $267, $267. And I cried for a week because I thought I should make a lot more. And so it's been a journey and I teach this stuff. So I should be having big launches because I'm teaching people how to launch. So I want to put it in perspective. Nobody gets to compare themselves to what my numbers look like because I'm probably at a different place because I've been in the game. I'm older. I've been in the game for a while. So want to set that stage because I want everyone to feel as though this is possible for them, but you got to start from the beginning. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, the end all be all of this launch was to sell Digital Course Academy, teaching people how to create and launch a digital course from scratch. The program, it was 1997. And then mm-hmm. we had an upsell that if you purchase the program, if you want my slides to create webinars and digital course decks, there was an upsell that you could buy my deck for, I think it was like $300. So there's a little upsell upsell too. So that's essentially all that we were selling digital course Academy with an upsell to get my slide decks. So that was it. And then this was not the first time I pre-launched. I've been pre-launching for many, many years. I think it literally is the one necessity of every digital course launch or launch of anything. I call it priming the pump, getting people ready, getting them more engaged, getting them alert. A pre-launch is, Hey, something amazing is coming and I'm going to get you ready for it. And the value of a pre-launch is to walk people across an invisible bridge. So what I mean by that is if you start marketing and my pre-launch was six weeks, six weeks before I ever sold my course, I'm walking people over an invisible bridge. And the invisible bridge is essentially this. What do they need to know, be aware of, understand before they're ever ready to buy from me? So like if you're going to create a digital course, you need to have a good digital course idea before you're ever ready to spend money with me because you're not going to buy my program if you don't have a good idea first. So there's things Mm. I need to help them understand or believe or start to ideate before they're ever ready to buy. That's the power of a pre-launch. And I think it could help anybody launching anything online. I love the visual analogy that you paired with that. My audience and myself, we're, we're huge lovers of analogy. So feel free to continue throwing those in as we, as we talk today. Um, but that, that's really interesting. It's like, it's like you're anticipating what their objections might be to even qualifying themselves. Right. And Amy, that's such a, actually, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing that one of the biggest hurdles, and you've probably noticed this too, with getting people to buy an offer, it's not always belief in the value of the product or even belief in the instructor, right? I think we spend so much time trying to convince and show we're qualified. Here's all these amazing testimonials. Here's why, you know, why we're, we're the best fit for you on this, that, or the other. I think that the more crucial element is actually getting people to believe in themselves. And that piece, I feel like you've accomplished so well with your pre-launch strategy. So I guess I should clarify and say with this pre-launch strategy, you specifically used a quiz and a paid bootcamp. Had you used those two things in combination before for your pre-launch or had you previously relied on other modalities during the pre-launch window? 
the paid boot camp was something new. I had done free boot camps in the past, but the sequence in what we did, because we used multiple, we used a quiz, we used in, well, we'll go through it, but a quiz, <laughs> we used a private podcast, we used PDFs, we used the boot camp, and we used wow. the masterclass. That sequence was new to us. We had never done it in that exact order, nor had we ever done a paid boot camp before. So that was new for this. Okay. I'm going to start this with an early hot take. Why paid bootcamp versus free? Love this question. So because I've done both, I feel really strong about my opinion here. And with a free bootcamp, we actually got a lot more people into the free bootcamp. Like I think it was like 20,000 people last year or the year before. The thing is, it didn't convert well because in the boot camp at the very end before the boot camp closes, I pitch my digital course academy program and it converted pretty low. I think it was under 5% because I think that a lot of people weren't necessarily in it to win it. They just were curious where I wanted the people that were ready to go. So when I charge for it. And I'm just talking $47. It was $47 to get into my boot camp. The promise, I think this part is important for people to understand. The promise was um, five day live boot camp to get digital course clarity, attract your audience and show up with confidence online. So it was focused on digital courses and it was $47 to get in or $97 if you want a VIP, which meant more access to me and live Q and A's. And what we saw is less people joined However, the conversions were over 25%. And that is a big conversion. Like I don't get those kind of conversions even with webinars. And so I just felt like we attracted the right type of people because they had skin in the game. Yes. I could not agree with that statement more. The the old quote, you know, people who pay, pay attention, I think is absolutely true. Whether you're charging them, like you said, $47 or $4,000, it's really not about the money. It's just the the act of trust that passes when someone does a transaction with you. And so I, I love that you were really able to see the back end benefits of that increased conversion rate. 25%, by the way, is just, yeah, it's out of this world. If you're like new to launching, that is pretty, pretty unheard of, even in, in a live setting. Um, real quick for a little bit of extra clarity here. What is the difference in your mind between a boot camp and a challenge? Or are they just, you know, the same thing under different names? It's such a great question. I think they're very similar and I think they're they're blurry lines between two, but here's how I distinguish my boot camp versus a challenge and why I didn't call it a challenge. To me a challenge is let's say we did a 5-day challenge. Every single day you're showing up, I'm giving you your challenge. I'm telling you to go do it and why it's important. You're reporting back and telling me you did it. And why I love challenges is there's that massive engagement of people posting and showing that they did it. And at the end of the five days, they should feel different or be different in some way because they came out of their comfort zone. I love it. Where a boot camp is more training. So for me, it was five Mm. days of live training. I'm teaching them something and I'll give them an action item at the end. I will still have them post, but I'm not challenging them every day with something new. I'm actually giving them knowledge for a new understanding to cross that invisible bridge. Got it. Okay. That distinction is super helpful. I haven't heard anyone define it like that before. If that was helpful to you, shoot Amy a message, tell her thank you. I was, I was honestly, I, I asked that question selfishly because I was like, I don't know, are we just talking about the same thing, but you know, different names? So yes. super helpful. You kind of already teased this a little bit, but walk us through, pretend I'm your customer, right? Or potential okay. customer. So I'm entering into this pre-launch phase, I'm following you. Maybe I'm on your email list. Maybe I'm following you on social. Maybe I don't know you at all and your ad showed up in my feed. 
what was the first entry point into this funnel for your pre-launch? And walk us again through that sequential order of what you were hoping would you know happen at each step. Okay. And I'm going to give everyone a little bit of a teaser that I'll, I'll reach at the end that we made some mistakes in this. There was There's a, a big glaring mistake that I see that my marketing team and I discovered after the fact. So Ooh. I'll kind of allude to that once, once we get there. Okay. okay. So remember everybody that I'm getting people to um, buy a digital course about how to create a digital course and launch it online from scratch. So that's essentially what we're doing. So you have to, when you think about the assets I created for the pre-launch, because the pre-launch also is a big list building opportunity. I, mm-hmm. I failed to mention that huge list building opportunity where we want to make sure we're growing our list so that we can then get them into my webinar because all roads lead to my masterclass slash webinar. Same thing. I do five of them live. They're all the same, but different times and dates. And all of that is leading to sell my course. So all of these assets I'm going to walk through, I didn't, I wasn't selling for six weeks. We were not selling anything. And that's a huge distinction in pre-launch. You are not selling anything. You're not even talking about your course. You can, but I don't even bring up my course because it's all just relationship building, engagement, and cultivating the right audience for me to then invite them on my masterclass to sell my course. So that's Mm -hmm. a good too. Okay. So first I had to pick out some themes that I wanted to focus on. Our themes were financial freedom, work-life flexibility, business building, um, talking about how a digital course can complement what you're already doing or start the business you don't yet have. So we were kind of clear where we wanted to go with these freebies because you were right. You hit it on the head right from the get-go. You said the pre-launch is a way to bust through all the objections before they even come up. So I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have a good idea for a digital course. We're going to address all of those during pre-launch so that they're no longer an issue when I say I've got something that is perfect for you. So the first thing we did is a quiz. I love a good quiz during a pre-launch because it casts a really wide net and people love to fill out quizzes because you learn a lot about yourself. So take two minutes to fill out my quiz. I'll tell you what it means for you and your business and what next steps you should take. So ours was called discover your ambition archetype. So basically Mm -hmm. an assessment to create your limitless life in business. And we cast a bigger net, like what kind of business do you want? What kind of life do you want? Well, let's figure out first what your archetype is for how ambitious you are. And then let's use that to figure out what kind of life and business you want. Big net cast right there. Mm -hmm. And so you cast your biggest net for your first freebie in a pre-launch because that you have a long time to nurture those people. We had six weeks once they took the quiz. So the quiz brought in over 20,000 of the leads that you had mentioned earlier. It's one of the most successful things we do. I think anybody looking to grow an email list should start a quiz. I think it's a great thing. So that's the first thing we did. Okay. Can I jump in real quick before you get to the second? You jump in whenever you want. Okay. I'm just curious at this first stage, when you're casting the widest net possible, were you utilizing just promotion to your own organic audience list and social as well as ads? Or at this stage, had you already brought in affiliates to help you, you know, disseminate and amplify your quiz? Great question. So we do use affiliates. We had about a hundred affiliates and some of those affiliates will make one sale, uh, maybe top three will make a couple hundred sales. So it really runs the gamut. And um, we included them right when the quiz started. We included them early on. The reason being is that 
Uh, they don't have to start six weeks early. That's really early for an affiliate. So they might not want to, they're doing other things in their business, but we also didn't want to gatekeep our opportunities for them to grab their audience into the conversation. So uh, affiliates could play along at any point. Got it. Okay. And then if you remember, this might be again, very granular. So it's okay if you don't, but if you do remember between those three sources, paid ads, your own organic audience and affiliates, what was the percentage split in terms of traffic source that drove those 20,000 leads? Oh, I wish I had. I don't have that information. <laughs> Come on. That's a hard question. I know. I feel like I'm really putting you in the hot seat, Amy. We, we could definitely, I'm sure we could get to that. But what I will say based on my knowledge of how my business works, the majority of the 20,000 leads would have came from number one, my list that would have been top two would be ads, three would be affiliates. Six weeks out is a lot to ask affiliates to get involved. Very few will get involved that early. So it's a very small number of affiliates that are bringing leads for some of the early assets we did. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Super, super interesting. All right. So you've cast this wide net, 20,000 or so leads have come in through the quiz. Then what? Then we did a PDF that was all about list building. So about a week later, so we don't expire the first asset. We just stop talking about it and we move it, but it's out there in the world. It's mentioned on my podcast. It's still alive during the six weeks, but now we're changing focus now to start a new conversation. Maybe the quiz wasn't of interest to a lot of people that we were going after. So now we have a PDF and it's all about list building. Mm -hmm. List building is the number one objection why people don't buy Digital Course Academy. Amy, I want to create a course. I want to launch it, but I have no audience. I'm not ready to launch a course because I don't have an email list. Mm -hmm. So early on in my pre-launch, we're going to address that. It was called seven places to share your lead magnet to grow your email list with quality leads. It was all about list building and I break it down, get people started with that. So that was number two. And that brought in uh, another 20,000, just a little under what the quiz brought in about 20,000 leads as well. Wow. Okay. That is really, really interesting. So do you find that there is a crossover between people who opt in for the first thing and the second thing? Or do you feel like these 20,000 people were like a totally different segment that was coming in? Such a great question. There's a lot of overlap. So when you said at the beginning, Amy brought in 77,000 leads for her pre-launch, I did, but only 55,000 of those were unique, meaning there was a 20, uh, 20,000 of those were overlap where they signed up for multiple things, but 55,000 were unique. So yeah, lots of overlap. Um, but we also know that we're getting a lot of new people in because they might not have been interested in the quiz, but they want to do the list building PDF. That makes complete sense. Do you find that, and again, this may not be something you had the exact data to back up, but just based on your own gut feeling of having done so many launches, do you find that there's a correlation between when someone opts in for multiple things that they're more likely to buy versus just one question. We actually have data on this. Okay. I'm excited. If if I have like three or four lead magnets through a pre-launch, the more lead magnets you download, the more likely you are to buy my course. And so Mm. uh, we have a stat that if, if, um, you at least download two lead magnets during my pre-launch, there's like a 30% chance that you're going to purchase over someone who bought only one. And so it was hugely eye-opening. We didn't find out about this till last year. Um, My marketing team really started to drill down like, wait a second, is there a correlation here? And if there is, 
Let's focus on it. So we were on a mission to make sure that people were downloading more than one, a direct correlation to if they're more likely to buy. God, this is so juicy. Okay. I... I cannot stop raving about this interview already because Amy, you are like my hero for coming so prepared with data. Well, you told me I had to. <laughs> Listen, guys, when when I said, "Hey, I think I could really add value to your podcast," she's like, "Okay, but you got to come with data." I was like, "Oh, here we go." So I love that you challenged me. <laughs> I, I'm so appreciative. I know it was so funny. I was texting my friends and I was like, I feel like I'm being really hard on Amy. Like I'm oh asking her God. for all this stuff. And you know, of course it's an honor. It would have been an honor regardless to have you on my show. But I just, I was like, if we have a chance to sit in front of somebody who has the experience that you have, you know, it's, it's rare in this online industry, especially for that type of legacy. And I really think that, you know, our, our whole show, the tagline of our show is we ask successful entrepreneurs, the business questions you can't Google. And so I was like, I do not want to waste my time sitting in front of Amy asking for her story that she's regurgitated a million times everywhere else. I'm like, I need to know the stuff you don't talk about. (laughs) I don't even talk about this stuff on my own podcast. I've never shared how much we made in that launch. And so it is so wild. I'm like, am I comfortable with this? And I thought, of course I am. Like, let's go. So I'm really excited to do it. Oh, you're amazing. I, I know that our listeners will be so, so, so thankful for that. Okay. So going back, so you've brought in an additional 20,000 leads. There is some crossover with this list yeah. building PDF. What is that third freebie now? So the third one, just so everyone knows, there's five of these. So the third one is just an audio download. So you, uh, it's working better than before, redefining your unique vision of success. And this is where I think this is the first time I think we went wrong. So it's this audio telling people like uh, how I built my business and what worked and what didn't work for me to kind of encourage them to kind of understand what it might look like to build an online business. But where we went wrong is we're three assets in at this point it should have been focused on digital courses because Mm. what we found is we had so many leads. I feel like in this launch, we should have converted a little bit higher, but we started to attract people that there were three weeks in of a pre-launch and I've never even mentioned digital courses. So I don't (laughs) think I was totally attracting the right audience. Mm. So our numbers probably would have been smaller if this third audio was just about like how to get started with digital courses we, our numbers would have been smaller. This one brought in 9,700 leads, still a lot and a lot, lot less as you get going, they're going to get smaller and smaller. Right. Um, and that's normal because again, cast are a wider net, but this audio download was good, but we could have done better. And uh, quite honestly, the next one we did was a PDF number four, that one too. I think we missed the mark. It was called what's your thing three exercises to help you define your thing, like what you're known for, that special way in which you bring ideas to life based on your beliefs, knowledge, experience, and expertise. Great idea. Again, where are the digital courses? And this is my fault. My team came to me with the five PDFs or five assets. And I was like, these are great. I love the concept. I love that they're fresh. They're new. They were all new this time. Like we didn't rework anything. We started new, but we missed the mark. So anyway, Mm -hmm. Three was an audio download, so we wanted to change the modality. Four was a PDF again. And then five was one of my most favorite ones we did. This was a four-part private podcast. Now, kind of different because I have a podcast and it's really successful. So I asked my team, why not just put like this four-part podcast series on our podcast where we're getting a million downloads a month? Why wouldn't we want everyone to hear it? And so my team said, we want it to feel different. 
doing the same thing over and over again, it's really hard to get people to uh, pay attention on a different level. And so it was called My Brutally Honest Road to Business Success and the Blueprint I Would Follow Today. And there was a lot of discussion in that about digital courses. So we finally started kind of bringing it to digital courses way too late in the game. But it was four episodes. We used Hello Audio. I think Hello Audio is a really cool tool to do a private podcast where yeah. people have to get the link and uh, that's the only way they get access to it. It's, it's a cool concept. So uh, that one had 12,500 uh, leads uh, opted into that. And I think it's cool because they hear my voice. They get to hear my journey a little bit more in depth. It was more storytelling. So I think that was a really good one. So those are the five assets we used. I have more to tell you, but we'll stop there for a second. Oh my goodness. Okay. This, I mean, this is truly, I feel like this content is so valuable. This could be a paid workshop, Amy, like truly, <laughs> right? It could be this, this level of detail in the behind the scenes launch. Um, first off, just Shout out to Lindsay Padilla, Dr. Lindsay Padilla, you know, founder yeah. of Hello Audio. I, I know she's sometimes a listener of the show. So oh, cool. shout out to the amazing work that you're doing with Hello Audio. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to me. I really respect that you are able to look back with that clarity in in seeing what you where you miss the mark, right? Yeah. Like you said. And what's interesting to me is as you're walking us through these five assets, these five opt-ins or opportunities for people to kind of come in uh, at this pre-launch phase, it seems like what you're saying is that at every step, the goal is to like, because that first opt-in with the quiz was such a wide net, you're trying to almost get people to like self-filter, yes, right? Like narrow, narrow, narrow. Yep. out of the running if they're not that person. But like you said, maybe you didn't call clearly define who that person was early enough in the sequence. So if you could go back in time, are you saying you would have started calling in digital courses specifically at that third opt-in or would you have even gone earlier? I would have waited till the third because I definitely, a lot of people will come into that wide net and not think of courses, not think they're ready, but I could show them how they are ready. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to only attract people that were a hundred percent ready for a digital course. I definitely wanted a wider net in the beginning, but then I wanted to start the conversation so they could be like, Oh wait, I, I really didn't think I was ready for a digital course, but it's interesting how you're talking about it. So I could lead them down that road. Right. Um, so that's why I think by the third one, it would have been great. And those listening might be like, I'm not doing five uh, lead magnets in six weeks. Like that's insane. It is when you have a small team and you're just starting out. The way I teach it in Digital Course Academy is you have one for your pre-launch and you do it for three to four weeks and you just keep talking about the same lead magnet. I'm all about baby steps. But again, I've been in the game for a while. Thank you. Context queen, we are here for it because yes, I, I really... That's like one of my, I think, biggest pet peeves is when people, especially really successful entrepreneurs, kind of spitball strategies without giving context because it's so easy for a new person to copy-paste something they hear on a podcast without any understanding of of what actually surrounded that decision or why somebody may have chosen to go in that direction. So very helpful that you're continually doing that unprompted throughout this entire um, conversation. Thank you, Amy. Okay. So five opportunities to join you in the pre-launch. Now what happens? Okay. So one thing, this is brand new that we did different that we'll absolutely do again is that in the past, I used to do Facebook lives every single week of the pre-launch. So six weeks of pre-launch, six weeks of Facebook lives. 
And my Facebook lives were dwindling. It, I, it was painful to get like even a hundred on. I'm not super active on Facebook. I do a lot of my engagement on Instagram and it was just for us, it wasn't working like it used to. So I told mm-hmm. my team, that's way too much work for me to get on those Facebook lives, put together these trainings, and then hardly anyone shows up. So my marketing team had seen this done by someone else. I don't remember who, and uh, or I don't know if they even told me, but basically it's surprise live. And I did them on Zoom. And what we did is, have you ever seen anyone send out an invite and it automatically gets put on someone's calendar? No. How do you even do that? Like, what do you, what's the tech by that? I I was like, I hope she doesn't ask me how we did it because I'm actually not positive. And I I wish I would have looked that up. Um, Actually, this will be kind of fun. Hold on. Like, it's totally worth it. So stay with me for a quick second. This is like in the moment, getting the answers you all need to do magic stuff. That is insane. That is a whole other level of guerrilla marketing. Like, right. Brilliant. Um, Because I mean, while you're searching that up, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, I mean, I joke all the time. If something isn't on my calendar, it doesn't exist to me. Like I don't, there's no way I would know to show up for something if it doesn't exist. So I just texted my um, project manager. We'll see if she, she sees it, but uh, the argument could be that's annoying. Like you, you put your agenda on someone's calendar. I get it. It's, it's a little controversial and I'm tend not to be controversial in my marketing, but it worked really well. And someone did it to me and I showed up. I was like, oh, okay, there it is. And I could actually go to that. You can delete it really quickly, but there is a way that you send somebody an invite. So it shows up as like tentative on their calendar and they can accept it or not. That's essentially what it is. And so we, but we only sent it, we didn't send it to our entire list where people would be like, what is this? Anyone (laughs) who opted into a freebie during the six weeks, let's say by week three, you had signed up for the quiz or something, you're going to get a surprise live. And we Mm. said, because you asked to take the quiz or whatever, we're inviting you to a surprise live. Amy's going to teach X, Y, Z. Here's your link. We'll see you on Zoom in an hour or whatever it might be. Like it was really kind of just like an urgency play. And the show up was outstanding. Like we had maybe over a thousand people versus the hundred people on Facebook. Surprise lives on Zoom work better for us than the Facebook lives I've done in the past. So, well, oh, wow. she's she's writing back. So let's see what she writes. Uh, so we'll come back to that in a sec. But what I also wanted to say was, so we did these five pre-launch freebies. We did um, three surprise lives uh, only to those who had opted in. And then from there, we then invited everybody to the boot camp. So the sequence mm-hmm. was six weeks of these pre-launching. Then we invite people to the boot camp, which is five days. And that's the one that's now paid. So now we're getting less people, but more focused. And so we had 4,500 people sign up for our boot camp. Now, my goal was 6,000. So we didn't hit our goal. And I was kind of frustrated, like, oh, but I had never done a paid boot camp like this for digital courses. But we were still very, very happy with the 4,500. And in there, I did three live trainings. And then I did a... um a mass, a free masterclass. We called it a bonus training and it was my webinar, but it was only for the boot campers. So mm-hmm. it was a smaller group. I catered it. I changed my webinar a little bit to cater to what we had been discussing in the boot camp. I got to refer to them as boot campers. Like, okay, this one's for my boot campers here. This is, you know, and then I taught them what they needed to know. 
Then I sold Digital Course Academy. So the end of the boot camp is when Cart opened. And that's officially when my pre-launch ended. Wow. Okay. My mind is spinning with so many thoughts. I want to take a moment to backtrack a little bit to the surprise lives and just really pull out the genius there, which is that you found a way to take the same content, but just repackage it in a different distribution channel, a Zoom call, right? Something that shows up on the calendar in such a way that it was a pattern interrupt for your audience. And I love that the way it was approached almost felt like, to me at least, when I'm hearing you explain this, it feels like it's a reward for those people. Like, like almost like they earned it. Like, oh, I earned the right to be invited to Amy's secret surprise live. And I, I just think that level of, um, exclusivity just feels so much more special than like, Hey, I'm doing this live. You should come join me at this time. Oh, I'm I'm obsessed with this idea. Did your project manager text you back by the way? He did. And it's like, um, let's see here. She sent me, it's called, okay. It's called Google groups plus direct calendar invite. So if you Google, maybe Google groups plus direct calendar invite, it's a little bit uh, advanced. Like she sent me the step-by-step. I was like, holy cow, this is why I have a marketing team because (laughs) this looks intense, but you can find more about it. But it definitely, it's kind of wild. It's kind of crazy that it went right to their calendar, but she said, we allowed an opt-out to stay in compliance, of course. So she wanted to be very clear. We did not break any rules with this. We allowed an opt-out to stay in compliance. So you can Google it, but I like I like where you're going with it. The, the principle behind it, you're special. You signed up for, let's say, this special PDF, and we would call it out. We noticed you signed up for XYZ, and so we wanted to invite you to the special live where I'm going to drill down even deeper into that concept, Mm. and only the people who signed up get an invite, so meet me there, and I don't think there was a replay either, so I don't think we did replays, which I'm noticing, so I've been around for a long time, and replays have always been a huge part of my um, strategies for everything I've done. And the minute you say no replay, it's it's just wild how much better your show up rate is. Yeah, it's that because I think we as humans will always procrastinate if we're given the opportunity to, right? We're always yeah. like, oh, we'll get to it tonight, next week, this weekend. But that that need to the FOMO of of I can't miss out on this on this um, yes. experience. Also, okay. That brilliant. First of all, that one tidbit alone is kind of inspiring me to, at the beginning of this year, we released a roundup episode. We don't do them very often because we want to make sure they're like really, really juicy, but we did a 10 out of the box marketing tips to try in 2023. And your one tip there about the Google groups plus yes. meetings, whatever, that that whole thing, I'm like, this, this is going to be the ringleader of the next um, roundup. Yay out of the box marketing tips. But so anyways, that was brilliant. But then the piece that you said about the boot camp having that last training be your webinar but tailored and and creating that more intimate experience among the boot campers. I love that you did that and I think we can all learn and apply that in some way because even though the content might have been almost identical to your public webinar, just the fact that I think people often underestimate what it feels like for the person on the other side of the screen not just to consume the content, but to consume it in the energy of people they've built 
rapport with, their fellow peers, right? And driving that conversation and the questions and 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 just the the kind of camaraderie that you feel around that and having spent a week together already within that paid boot camp, I think that's just so, so genius. So I, I w- wanted to pull that out in case people missed that. I, you know, I didn't even think of it that way, but you're totally right. They've been on this five day journey with me. Uh, one of the things we do in a boot camp, and I learned this from Jill and Josh Statton of Wealthy Course Creators. Yeah. And they, what they taught me was to do pep talks throughout the boot camp. So every morning oh, for five days, I would show up for just a 20 minute pep talk around, okay, here's where you might be feeling some anxiety around course creation, or here's what you might be worried about. Let me teach you a new way to think about it. So changing their mindset. Right. So we had been on this journey for five days together. We were in the trenches. They were hearing from me a lot. And so then to say, you get a bonus training where we hadn't yet done the webinar publicly. So you get a bonus training and, um, Oh, this was something really cool. Uh, we didn't do it for this boot camp, but we've done it for another one. We the timing didn't work out. But if you do a boot camp and you're gonna sell something in the boot camp with a webinar, at the very beginning when they sign up for the boot camp, give them two options for your webinar. It's really essentially two different titles. Do you want to learn this or that as your bonus training? And they choose it so that when I do it, they feel like, oh, this is what I wanted. Like if that's the one they chose and I chose the one that gets the most votes. Oh, great. Amy's going to do this training and she chose the one I wanted. They're more engaged. So that when you sell in a boot camp at the end, that webinar is really important. And you're right. Doing it there with all of the other people they've been building community with, that is everything. It means it makes a big difference. One thing I want to point out with all launching, this is not just pre-launch timing sequence matters. Like you've got to sit down and really think about this because I did six weeks of pre-launching. Then I opened the boot camp, And then at the end of the boot camp, the timing had to be just right to do my webinar because when I do a webinar, my card is open. So mm-hmm. now Heart is open. Now I'm doing webinars for my public audience as well, who wasn't in the boot camp. All that timing is tricky sometimes. And so you've got to kind of just like think about it before you go live. Does this timing of everything work out the way I want it to? And sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes I'm like, Ooh, we messed that up. But, um, sequence really matters. Okay. Since you brought up sequencing, I feel like I have to ask, how long after you release the special masterclass webinar to your boot campers only are you making your public webinars available? And you mentioned you do five. Yeah. What is the cadence in in how how far apart each of those webinars are, and and you know how many opportunities essentially people get to to hop in on one? So essentially, I do usually about a seven day card open. I think that's what DCA was seven days. Yeah. So when I did that first masterclass for my boot campers it was a countdown of seven days before the cart closed. Now, Mm -hmm. what was happening was I was filling up my public webinars for about seven days already, meaning the boot camp was, was alive and well. And anyone who wasn't in the boot camp because they chose not to be that we already closed the admission of boot camp. Now they're getting emails, inviting them to my masterclass. Well, we exclude, you have to be very careful with your email marketing as well. We excluded anyone in the boot camp, So they weren't even hearing about the masterclass because we were emailing people who weren't in it. So the day I did the boot camp masterclass, I also did public my first day oh, of public webinars. Okay. So they were the same day. And that was cart open day one. And then really, let's say, I think it might've been on a Tuesday or Wednesday that I opened up. So I did a few on a Tuesday, a few on Wednesday, Thursday. And I think that 
next Monday. So they're very condensed. Um, and, and I think I did one on the weekend, which never has a great show up, mm-hmm. but it does convert. Well, it's for those people that are never going to get on a webinar on a work day because they just can't. That's that's a really helpful tidbit to know that don't be discouraged maybe if the show up rates are lower on on the weekend if you're catering to an audience that you never would have reached in the first place, you know, yes. with the other ones. Oh, okay, so good. Yeah. I'm thinking about so when you when you go and start filling up your public webinars for people who did not choose the boot camp, are you at that point remarketing only still to that group of, let's say, 55,000 unique people who had at one point opted in for one of those five freebies? Or are you at that point blasting your whole list? Like no matter whether they engage in the pre-launch or not, you're like, all right, everybody possible come to this webinar. Good point. We send one email to the entire list Um, but it's almost not necessary. There's very few people, if they haven't shown up for six weeks in my pre-launch, they're likely not interested. We still kind of do a one swoop, but then we just focus on what we call our launch list. So that list of like 77,000 people that became our launch list. And then also remember we have now a hundred affiliates that are mailing for the webinars as well. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got that uh, advantage as well. But um, we do try to start focusing just on that launch list. Now, my email marketing is aggressive. I When I'm launching, which is rare, I only do this launch once a year. That's another yeah. thing I want people to understand. Once a year, I do this. So, and it is my almost 50% of my revenue. So it is a big deal. And that is dangerous. I don't want something that's 50% of my revenue. We're actually building out the business to do a coaching program, a one-on-one coaching program to help people create their courses with one of my coaches. Um, That's like an extra arm of the business because having something that you do once a year be 50% of your revenue, imagine if, like, God forbid, the president was shot when, that's very morbid, I know, but, like, a huge thing happens in our world um, during my launch. Like, it is gone. I cannot market. I need to pull back. I need to respect what's going on in the world. That would be detrimental to my revenue. So knock on wood, wear some wood. I don't want that to ever happen, but it's scary. Um, Like during Black Lives Matter, I wanted to respect what was going on and we pulled back a lot of our stuff. I knew people that were launching during that time that just had to say, no, let's, let's stop. So, you know, what's going on in the world matters. So that is a weakness in my business that we're working on right now. But my point being, I only launched this once a year. And so I go all out with it and, um, and other people's businesses look different. So if that seems intense, it's because that's my business model. Oh man. I just, again, I know I've said this like a million times today, but I really, really appreciate your transparency around the context of your business. I cannot stress enough for all of you listening, how important it is whenever you hear anything on a podcast or whatever medium it is, ask yourself through what context is this advice or strategy being shared? Don't just blindly copy paste things if you don't understand why. Um, we started this case study, Amy, together you know, with, with a quick rundown of all your numbers. I want to wrap it up with you know, a final question around, around your numbers before we chat just a little bit more about two weeks notice because I really do want people to get their hands on this book. Your launch, like we said at the beginning, did about $7.5 million. You spent... 
165000 on ads. That was a, a data point that your team had sent for the pre-launch, to clarify, 165000 yes. on ads for just the pre-launch window. Yeah. For you, um, when you are, you know, planning out ad spend, let's say, for the pre-launch, mm-hmm. how are you projecting those things. For you, what is the ROI that you are shooting for, the targets that you're shooting for in order to justify the spend? And when you're looking at your launch numbers from this most recent launch, are you happy with what happened? Was this, was your goal met? Or did you feel like, because like you mentioned, some of those things where you maybe felt like the strategy wasn't quite right, that it didn't hit your full anticipation of what, of what you were hoping for? Great questions. Okay. So we try to do a four times ROI when we run ads. Okay. So we're looking for a four times return on whatever we spend. And so we were really happy with what we spent in ads overall to what we, uh, what we saw. And so that part, uh, ads did really well in ads. Ooh, they've been, they've gotten so expensive. I've used them from day one in my business, but how we use them now is very different and they don't work as well as they used to. So that's always a little tricky, but yes, we were satisfied. Yes. The ROI is usually around. We've tried to make it around four times and, um, I loved your your next question. Wait, tell me what your next question was because I remember thinking, oh, that's good. Yes. We got to talk about that. Big picture, you made $7.5 million. Was that on yeah. track with what you wanted or projected? Great question. So we have a good, better, best goal. Love and that, that was um, that good, better. That was better, meaning we hit right in the middle. Um, I would love a $10 million launch, but we didn't hit that. And I've done bigger launches than this. And, and the world has changed. Um how we do business has changed. And so I've got to kind of go with the ebbs and flows and I'm not going to, uh, uh be disappointed in a $7.5 million launch. Um, and, and you also have to remember I have affiliates now it's not 50% of that goes to affiliates. We sell more than our affiliates do, but still I pay out 50% for affiliates. They make a thousand dollars on every sale. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not like taking all that money home, but Point being, um, yes, we felt really good about it. And there is one thing I want to point out that I did talk about on my own podcast. At one point, we weren't going to hit our goal. And I did all, with all of this, we still weren't going to hit the goal that I wanted to hit, which is the 7.5 million. And so what we did is we added one uh, extra, like a quick 45 minute live training. And it was free to the first 500 people, but then you had to pay $27 mm. and it was free to everyone in my boot camp as well. And it was a last minute thing. I did a year in the life of a course creator to like show them what's possible. I think in launching, showing people what's possible is so important. So I walked them through a year in the life of what it would look like as a course creator. And then I sold DCA. So we had to kind of throw one last ditch effort in there because I could tell, oh, we're not hitting our goal. And the reason why I think we weren't going to hit our goal is we missed the mark with some of those pre-launches. So pre-launch assets. So we had to make up for it. So anyway, I'm like an open book. So I just kind of share my, the things that we kind of struggled with, but, um, overall I was fair. I was so proud of my team for sticking with it because when you think you're not going to hit a big goal and you got to scramble last minute, that takes a lot of team effort. So shout out to my team. That was all them. It absolutely does. And that's so inspiring because so much of 
what people miss is in that last leg. Have you ever seen that visual, Amy, where it's like, um, it's like someone like hammering through a stone wall and it's like they've dug this really long tunnel and like right before they get to the treasure, they're like yes. an inch away from it. And then and they, they stop and they're like, it's been too long. I'm not going to get there. And it's like, it's so amazing to me how in that very last, I mean, we've seen it even in like actual like Olympic races, right? Someone could be way behind. And then in that last like 10 seconds, they just they zoom past everybody. You just never know. And I love that tenacity and how even someone as successful as you with the business that you've built and the experience that you have, still sometimes you have to think on your feet and go, what can I do today to just bring in that extra little push? So I I think that's such a great um, just wisdom and encouragement to end on with this case study. Of course, before we say goodbye, I, I just would love to know, like, what are you most excited about with two weeks notice coming out. What are you hoping this book does in terms of the legacy of what you're building in this world, Amy? You know, my bread and butter may be to teach people how to create digital courses, but ultimately I want to help people start businesses online, no matter if it's courses, memberships, masterminds, physical products, group coaching, whatever it is. The reason I'm so passionate about this is I know that there's a woman right now working a nine to five job, looking around thinking, this can't be it. This can't be my end all be all. I've got to be able to make more money. I've got to be able to have a lifestyle I love. And she might not even know that this world of online business exists. I didn't know it existed at the level it did till those guys came into the office and, and shared what they were doing. I was like, I don't understand, but I want a piece of this. So I want to introduce more people to this online world where the opportunities are endless, where you don't have to ask for time off. You don't have to ask for a raise. You don't have to hit the glass ceiling. You call the shots. You are in charge of your life. You create your destiny. And if I could do that by helping people build businesses, I will do it all day long. I wrote two weeks notice because it's the book I wish I had when I first decided to leave my job and start my business instead of I was so confused and stumbled through the first two years. So it's really a guidebook of how to do it the right way to get success quickly. I love that. I feel like it's your love note to, it's your, it's your give back, right? It's you extending your hand behind you and saying, let me help you up. Come on. Come join. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I love this so much. Again, Amy, thank you so, so much for, this is, if not my absolute favorite, definitely in the top three (laughs) all-time favorites of, of our podcast. And I'm sure the listeners can agree. So many takeaways. My mind has been blown multiple times in our conversation. Thank you once again for leading with transparency and being willing to come on here and, and share so in depth what's going on behind the business. I'm so very honored to be here. Thank you so, so very much. Hey, Ellen here. Thank you again for tuning in to Cubicle to CEO. If you enjoyed today's episode, follow our show on Instagram at Cubicle to CEO for more bonus content and hop on the last Tuesday of each month to watch our live after show with recent guests. If you want to support our podcast, text this episode link to a friend, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts, or rate our show wherever you're listening right now. Please make sure you also hit the follow button on Apple. It looks like a plus sign or click subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss out on our new episodes every Monday. And friends, until next time, keep dreaming big.